Welcome to a life-changing encounter with the Word of God presented to you by Reverend Bright Nkrumah, the senior pastor at the Kodesh Family Church, Bronx North. He is an anointed pastor and teacher of the Word of God, affecting many lives. Now, get ready to be transformed by this message. Father, we are grateful and thankful. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity we have to gather in your presence to hear your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. And I think we should look at our scripture of the week first from 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5 before we dive into the word of God. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5, it says, For there is one God and one mediator, between God and man, the man Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. There is one God and there is only one mediator. That means there is only one person through whom we can get to God. One mediator that mediates between man and God. And it is the man Christ Jesus. That's period. There's no other way. Amen. There is no other way. Do not be deceived. There is one God and one mediator. That is what the Bible says. There is no other way. He is the way. Hallelujah. Let us say this scripture together as a church. One, two, three, go. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we want to continue with our series of messages that we began last week on frugality, frugality. So please, the message is frugality, and we have subtopics in the message, frugality. So this is frugality too. So please, we will change our last week's message to frugality. Amen. And we are sharing from our prophet's book, Frugality. Hallelujah. Frugality. Last week, we talked about the principle of variation, evaluation. The principle of valuation. And we talked about the principle of timely valuation. Timely valuation. How important it is to value the things that God brings into our life in a timely fashion. Hallelujah. Today we want to continue on chapter 4 and 5 and we want to talk about the principle of gathering crumbs. The principle of gathering crumbs. Crumbs meaning fragments, leftover fragments, crumbs. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? When you eat bread, you see you get some crumbs that come out and then you sweep it and then you throw it away. Now we're talking about the principle of gathering crumbs. Gathering the fragments, the leftover fragments. Gathering what you may deem as less important. Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles to John chapter 6 and we're reading from verse 1. I want to read a story about Jesus Christ and his evangelism when he went on evangelism and an occurrence 
that happened in John chapter 6 and verse number 1. Are you here or you've gone home? Okay. The Bible says, after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were deceased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh or was near. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Hallelujah. So, you know, when you are in a certain situation, sometimes you don't even know what you need. You don't even know what is necessary in the situation that you are in. The Bible is saying that this crowd was coming. They were coming after Jesus. They were coming to hear him. And they probably have been traveling one miles to find him. And as they were coming, when they left the city and they were coming to the mountains, they probably didn't even think of what they were going to eat. Are you listening? They didn't even think that where we're going, we may have to carry food with us. They were excited. Are you listening? Now, sometimes we don't even know what we need. But when God lifts up his eyes, he sees you and he knows what you need. And even before they got to Jesus, when he looked at them, he knew that they are going to need bread. He knew that they are going to need food. So immediately he turned to Philip and says, where can we buy bread that these may eat? Are you listening? You know, the God you serve, he cares about you. He cares about you in every area of your life. Hallelujah. He cares about what you will eat. He cares about where you will sleep. God cares about you and he's always looking to see what you need to make provision he says he knows what you need even before you ask he knows amen Amen. so these people were coming and jesus says where shall we buy bread that these may eat and this he said to prove him for he himself knew what he will do Hallelujah. Jesus knew what he would do. But he asked this question to prove him. Amen. He asked this question to test Philip. To see how he will answer that question. Where are we going? How are we going to feed these people? Don't you think Jesus knew all the bakers in the town? He knew them. He knew the bakers. He knew their names. He knew their capacity. He knew their oven sizes. The sizes of their oven. He knew. He knew how much they can bake. Are you listening? 
he knew how much they can bake. So he knew how much bread will be in town. But then he still asked the question. He asked Philip, where can we buy bread enough to feed more than 5,000 people? He knew there was no way in town that put all the bakers together that they can provide 5,000 people bread enough that everyone will have enough to eat. You see, when God asks a question like that, he expects only one answer from you. When God asks a question like that, when God puts a question like that to you, because the Bible says he himself knew what he would do. So when God puts a question like that to you, he expects one answer. Do you know what the answer is? The answer that God expects is that God will provide. God will provide. Amen. And this afternoon, I came to tell you that God will provide. I said, God will provide. Whatever the situation you are in, God will provide. It may look like a very difficult situation. It may look like you don't even have a solution to the question. It may look like you can't find your way out. It may look like an impossible situation. But the God who made the impossible possible, he will provide. He knows what he will do. Amen. So when Jesus asked Philip, where shall we find bread? That this may eat, all he was expecting was Philip to say, God will provide. God will provide. Whenever you are in a difficult situation, whenever you are in an impossible situation, God wants you to hear you say, He will provide. He wants you to say that God will provide. God will take me out of this situation. God will save me. God will preserve me. There may be many people sick around you, but you can say for a fact and for surety that God will preserve you. Hallelujah. The Bible says he asked this to prove him. Hallelujah. And look at Philip. The Bible says Philip answered him. 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. Even if they were to take just a little piece. Even 200 penny worth of bread will not be enough. Hallelujah. 200 penny worth of bread. God does not expect you to look at what your capacity is. When you are in a difficult situation, God is not expecting as a faith person. Do I have some believers in the church? God is not expecting for you to look at what you can do. Amen. God is not looking for you to look at your bank account and say, I can do this. God is not looking for you to look at your degree and say, I can have this. God is not looking for you to say, because of my skin color, because of my accent, I cannot have this. God will provide. Hallelujah. I said, God will provide. Amen. 
He wasn't expecting Philip to assess the situation based on the church's coffers, how much they have in the account. That is not what he was expecting from Philip. He wasn't expecting that Philip would look at how much offering they have in the church. He wasn't expecting Philip to consider the amount of money that they can come up with. I tell you, you have to be a faith person. Amen. You want to see the hand of God move, you have to be a faith person. Amen. He was expecting Philip to trust in him and to believe that he is the impossible made possible God. Hallelujah. But he said 200 penny worth of bread. All our money, if we put together and it's even 200 pennies, we still cannot feed these people. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, there is a lad here which had five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? It can't do much. Beloved, if you look at what you have, you can't go far. You can't do much. I'm telling you. You ought to rise up and lift your eyes onto the hills and look unto Jehovah. That is where your help will come from. That is where your mansion will come from. That is where your bank account increase will come from. Not what your earnings are. I mean, you have worked and worked and worked. Uh, is your situation going to be like this as a Christian? When it says that, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Do you call this prosperity? Are you listening? He says, what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make the man sit down. Make the man sit down. Now, there was much grass in the place. So the man sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. What he wants is what is in your hand. What God wants is the little that is in your hand. Hallelujah. And so sometimes when he's asking for what is in your hand, you look at what is in your hand. And you look at the mountain that stands behind, before you. And you say, it's impossible. Sometimes because of that, you are even reluctant to pay your tithe. You are reluctant to give offering. Because of that. Because you cannot lift up your eyes away from what is in your hand and look unto Jehovah. You can't. Your focus is in what is in your hand. Hallelujah. But he's a God that takes what is in your hand and he multiplies it and then he gives back to you. Amen. So he says, make the men sit down. And there were 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves 
And when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, they were filled. Wow. He says, out of the five barley loaves and two small fishes, 5,000 men, not including women, because the women, there are too many. If you count them, you know how the women, they love God. When you, when you count the men, you can estimate how many women. He says, when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain. Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Or gather the crumbs that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remain over and above unto them that had eaten. Hallelujah. God filled 12 baskets after he has fed 5,000, over 5,000 people with three, five barley loaves and two pieces of fish and gathered 12 baskets. Now, through this story, Jesus is teaching us a very important lesson about frugality. Hallelujah. He says, when they were filled, verse 12, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Nothing be lost. So after Jesus has fed Five more than 5,000 people, there were crumbs laying all over the place, some in the basket. People were so full, they would just break a piece and leave some in the basket, and they were just happy. But Jesus told them to collect every piece that is left. And when he had gathered them, there were 12 baskets. And I don't know if it was coincidence, but 12 disciples. 12 baskets. I believe every one of them was able to take a basket home for their family who were not at evangelism. Hallelujah. Now, if you want to follow somebody, if you want to follow someone in this life, then what you need to follow, the person you need to follow is Jesus. Jesus is the person you need to follow. Because he is the express image of God himself. What Jesus will do is exactly what God will do. He says, I do, I work as I see my father work. So whatever God will do is what Jesus will do. And so you want to know how to handle fragments, how to handle crumbs. Look at what Jesus will do with crumbs. And you will learn great wisdom. Say amen. Amen. So here we see Jesus after feeding 5,000 people, after he has taken 5,000 people to a restaurant and they have eaten, he had paid them, he said, gather up the fragments. Gather up the fragments. You know how some people go to the restaurant to eat 
and when they are finished eating they have some things left over and they walk away but there are some people they will say i will take whatever is left home <laughs> have you seen that before and then sometimes when you see them you laugh isn't that so we're at a place in a restaurant and when we finished we were eating and there was a couple from utah they have come to ghana on vacation and finished eating the wife told the the waitress he says can you do you have a takeaway bowl to put what is left inside for me for lunch that would be my lunch for tomorrow this was dinner People from Utah to go to Ghana on vacation, they were gathering the crumbs. And I realized some local people were looking at them funny. Ah. People, you can afford lunch tomorrow. <laughs> you are taking this with you. Crumbs, look at Jesus. What Jesus would deal with crumbs. Hallelujah. So why would someone who could afford to take 5,000 people to the restaurant be interested in crumbs? The silver and the gold are mine. All of the silver and all of the gold in this world, he says, they are mine. Why would someone like that be interested in gathering crumbs that are left? And the simple frugality. To be frugal. To value. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? They says, I can say from my experience in this life that it is often rich. It is a rich. It is a worthy God who gathers crumbs. If you don't crumbs are important rich and you will never if you don't develop to the stage where crumbs, fragments mean something to you you will never prosper. You will never be rich. Hallelujah. Bishop says when they were building the um, Lighthouse Cathedral in Kodesh, when they were building, the Lord told him that he should fragments. If you count your pennies, you will go very far. That was the revelation here your pennies you will go very far beloved is you will not go far you know when i first arrived in i don't know for some reason i used to find a lot of pennies lying on the floor and then i received a revelation 
that if the whole of the people, each person were a penny I could be rich are you listening yeah. then I said if everyone was to much but I would be gathering pennies I started picking pennies and up to today I pick it up I pick it up. Some of you, when you are walking and you are embarrassed to pick up a dime. There's a dime here for you. The other day I walked to a parking lot and I think somebody was running and some coins fell out of the person i don't know how but i saw everyone walk by but i stood and then for that god gave me that revelation to value pennies kwame to value pennies amen To realize that in our church, for instance, we don't have millionaires. By the grace of God, there will be millionaires. I mean, I should say, let me correct it. Let me correct it. We don't have a lot of millionaires now. But we are going to have a lot of millionaires. Because I... Amen. But you realize that the UD has done so much. And it's because we value pennies we value the little that everyone can give and because of that that is why we have Ben MP and we say you can give five dollars we will take it do that if you want to belong to something like that you have to be able to donate at least five hundred dollars to be partner but we value pennies we value the little that you can give there are times that we take offerings and then we tend to boosters and we value the coins that are in your bag and sometimes you don't even know the change that you have in your own pocketbook and then you start digging and then you realize hey i have boost and then you give some to someone here take some take some isn't that so pennies hallelujah most people in poor developing countries do not respect the crumbs people from poor countries do not value crumbs Jews are left switched on water could be dripping from the taps everyone will ignore it these are simple examples that we see and you will see this in poor neighborhoods in neighborhoods where they are poor you will see for instance that a hydrant a fire hydrant is pouring out water and pouring out and pouring out
out from morning to night to the next day, sometimes three days. And it doesn't concern anyone. And I can tell you with certainty that you will not find that in a rich neighborhood. You will not find that. Rich people value crumbs. And until you learn to value crumbs, to value pennies, you will never be rich. You will never prosper. Hallelujah. You will never prosper. Amen. Bishop Rice says, when I visited my grandparents in Switzerland, I realized the waste in my country where I come from, which is Ghana. He says, like a typical Ghanaian, I used to leave my light on all the time when he went to visit his grandparents in Switzerland. He says, I used to leave my light on all the time. In Switzerland, only the rooms in which we were present had lights on. All the other rooms were in darkness. Lights were turned off. My grandfather would come with his walking stick and say, you, 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 you. Then he would shake his stick like this. No, 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 no. And I would immediately turn off the extra light. Sometimes you wonder why certain people prosper and some do not. Switzerland is one of the richest countries in the world. In 1993, the GPD, that is the national budget of Switzerland, was 219 billion US dollars. While at the same time, the, the GBD in Ghana was 6 billion. Compared to 219 billion. Are you listening? It is the crumbs that make up the whole meal. When you add up all the crumbs, you will become rich. In poor countries like Ghana, we waste electricity, we waste water, and we become poorer and poorer. And that reflects in the people who come from the place also. You don't have value for things that have value. You don't have value. You may leave your light on in your house and the Connecticut bill will come and you'll pay for it. You leave it on when you don't need it. Are you listening? You want to drink a cup of tea and then you boil a kettle full of water. You boil a kettle full of water and you take just a little bit for your tea. Because you live in abundance. And then your bill comes and then you pay. You don't even think about it. Unless you begin to think about these things, you will not prosper. It's a very important message. Tell your neighbor you are blessed to hear this. Young people, listen very carefully. Learn today that you turn off lights in rooms when you are not there. Turn it off. Because if you don't learn it today, it becomes a part of your life. That you also don't value the fragments. Amen.
Identify the few things that God has given you and consider them to be important. It says the population of the world has been on a steady rise since 1900. The world's population was increased, was a steady state, it was never increasing in 1900. The world's population had been steady at about the same figure for many years then. Then suddenly, it began to rise dramatically. The world's population began to rise. And now we are even striving to have fewer babies in certain countries. They are telling them you can only have one or two children and not too many because the population is increasing. Now, suddenly it began to rise dramatically for a reason. So what happened to make the number of people in the world increase so much? It is largely due to the great breakthroughs in medicine. So we began to have breakthroughs in medicine. We began to have antibiotics. We began to have vaccine for children who are born so that they don't die from certain childhood diseases such as measles, rubella, mumps, polio, and so on and so forth. Yellow fever, whooping cough, all kinds of diseases, tetanus, TB, and all kinds of diseases now receive some form of vaccine or treatment. And when that happened, less people were dying. So as less people were dying, then we realized that the population was increasing to a degree that now is even a problem. I tell you, when you begin to cut down losses, you start seeing increase. You start seeing increase. People were having children at the same rate. Are you listening? People were having children at the same rate. Three family. Three people in a family, two here, three here, four here, five here, six there. Two, three, four here, six. The same rate, but suddenly we saw a shoot in the world population because we cut down the losses. Beloved, you can be making the same amount of money. If you learn to cut down the losses, you are going to see how your life will prosper. You are going to see how your life will prosper. You think you don't have much. You think you, you don't make much. But if you begin to look and cut losses, and cut losses, if you will learn to do your own hair at least two times in a month, instead of going to the beauty parlor every week, if you will learn to cut your own hair, Are you listening to me? You see, you are laughing. Instead of going and paying $25 and $10 for tip. I'm teaching you something very important. If you learn to cut your own hair, just scrape it off. Hallelujah. Unless we learn to cut losses. If only you can stay at the same income level and reduce the waste. 
reduce the waste, suddenly you will start seeing increase. You think you can buy a house. You can buy a house if you can cut your losses. You can pay off your house. Those of you who have bought houses, you can pay off house if you learn to cut losses. I say you can pay off your house. You can own your house. If only you would live with the same customs and traditions that mortgage is mortgage and everyone has mortgage. And so you are going to live with it and as you earn, as, ma- as long as you can pay your mortgage, you are happy. You can pay off your mortgage if you learn to cut your losses. Are you listening to me? You can. You can. I am telling you, you can. You think you don't have much, but you can. There are so many people, you don't need cars. You don't need a car. You do not need a car. You live in New York City, you are alone. Because you have a job and you can afford it, you have bought a car. You don't need a car. I'm telling you, you don't need a car. I took the train and the bus for a long time. For a long time. Even to go, take your, your somebody to a movie. You are going to a movie. Let's take the bus. As soon as you get up, Uber. Uber. There are buses. Why Uber, Uber, Uber all the time? You are staying upstairs and the Uber is downstairs. You just walk. Instead of just walking to the subway to take the bus. How much is the bus? 275. And transfer as much as you want. Or as many as you want. You don't need a car. You don't need Uber. I'm teaching you something. When I come to work, I just come on the metro. No, I take the four train. And I'm sitting on the four train. Hey, I saw Reverend on the four train. Oh, Reverend on the four train. Yes! Amen. Unless you cut down your losses, you will not prosper. You will not prosper. I'm telling you, you will not prosper. You will not prosper. Hallelujah. Amen. As a church, if we don't learn to cut down our losses, the reason why we can't increase is because we have not learned to cut down our losses. If you look at shepherds, if you look at the list of people who don't come to church, they are more, more, more. If we were to cut down our losses, this place would be packed. I'm telling you. This place would be packed. But we don't care about our losses. It's not about evangelism. It's one thing. You can evangelize all you want, but if we don't cut down your losses, if you don't value people, you don't value people, you will never grow. If we don't learn to value people, to learn to say that I saw this young person sitting with me and I don't see her, I don't see him today. And to pick up a phone and call that person, we will never grow. We will never grow. Are you listening to me? We will never grow. 
Everyone that leaves, oh, let him go. Somebody joins a choir and they get angry, oh, let him go. Call him, Andy. Call her. Why? Please come back. Please come back. You have an usher who is angry with something and is gone. Call the person. Pray for the person. Every single one. Every single one. If every single one becomes valuable to you, you see how quickly you go. If every dollar becomes meaningful to you, you see how quickly you will increase. If you place value on every dollar, you see how quickly you will increase in goods. Amen. I just want to touch on this the principle of the seven lean cows and the seven fat cows. Okay. So, in this principle, Genesis chapter 41, let's read that scripture quickly and then we will just share briefly and we close. Are you blessed from this message? Genesis chapter 41, verse 1. It says, And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed. Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he stood by the river. Next. And behold, there came up out of the river seven well-favored kind and fat-fleshed. That means seven fat cows. Sam, are you listening? There were seven fat cows that came And they fed in the middle, or they fed in the grass. And behold, seven other kind, or seven other cows, came up after them, out of the river. Ill-favored and lean-fleshed, skinny cows also came, and stood by the other kind, or stood by the fat cows, upon the brink of the river. And the ill-favored, or the lean-fleshed kind, Eat up the seven well-favored fat kinds. Wow. The skinny cows ate the fat cows in his dream. So Pharaoh woke up and he was puzzled. If you continue to read, he had another similar dream like that. But he woke up and he didn't understand the dream. So he called his magicians and his wise men and nobody could interpret the dream. So, Joseph was called. And Joseph came. He says, when Pharaoh had this dream, Joseph, who was then a prisoner, explained to the king that the seven lean cows stood for seven years of poverty. And the seven fat cows for years of prosperity are you listening so this is the interpretation of the dream that the fat cows represent prosperity seven years of prosperity and the lean cows represent seven years of poverty god advised him through joseph to store food during the times of plenty so that he and the whole of Egypt would survive the lean years or the years of famine or years of poverty. Do you understand? 
This is the wisdom from God. And we should take wisdom from this also. This is a principle that will definitely affect you and I. Everybody's life has seven lean cows and seven fat cows. Everybody. Everyone. Young people. Your lives will have seven lean cows and seven fat cows. Your life will have a period of prosperity and a period of poverty. Everyone's life. Everyone's life. There is no one whose life is always in a prosperous stage. Hallelujah. When Joseph interpreted this dream and Pharaoh took wisdom from that, Egypt was the only country during the years of poverty and famine that survived. And all the other countries came to them. And you should take wisdom from that. Why you are in this country. Hallelujah. Why you are in this country. Amen. There are always going to be seven lean cows and seven fat cows. And the lean ones will always eat the fat ones. That means there is a period when things will be good. There will be a period when things will be good. So make the most of it by storing up for the rainy day. Hallelujah. This is the wisdom that God gave Pharaoh through Joseph. To store up during the years of fatness, during the years of prosperity, to store up for the lean years that are coming. Hallelujah. If you save in those years, when the lean years come, you won't go a-begging. You will never go begging. If you save for those years, hallelujah. Beloved, today, if you don't begin saving whilst you have it, there will be lean years that you will not have. Amen. There will be lean years that you will not have. Hallelujah. There will be lean years. The seven lean cows always eat up the fat ones. So if you are not wise in using your money, you will end up a papa. You know what is a papa? A papa is a very poor man or woman. Very poor. Very poor. And you depend on government assistance. Hallelujah. The poor old man who looks like he never had any wealth probably did not use his seven fat cows very well. Hallelujah. He said, my father was a very good lawyer who handled many cases in court for several years. Though, he says, through his hard work, he became very rich and famous. Hallelujah. He became rich and famous. And he says, later he was taken seriously ill and kept going in and out of hospital. But he had invested in hotels and other things. Therefore, he reaped from all the investment of his fat cow years. Say amen. amen. If you do not learn to save and invest during your fat cow years, your lean cow years will suddenly overtake you, leaving you with nothing but faint memories of how well you lived ages ago. I tell you, 
is a miserable stage. And with my own eyes, I have seen people. People when they are out to retire. People when they are at a certain age and they are about to retire, they realize they have nothing. They have nothing. Beloved, years are not going to be like this all the time. Today you have the energy and you have the strength. You are working and you are making money and you can do extra time and you can do a second job and you can do this time and you can do that. If you don't save today and you look at what you have and because of what you have, now you want to get this car. Now you want to get this type of house. Now you want to get this pair of shoes. Today I was looking, I saw a pair of shoes. A pair of sneakers that cost $2,050. $800. I saw a co-worker, a doctor friend of mine, who was looking online and he wants to buy a pair of sneakers for $800. Because he's a young doctor who had just finished school and finished his fellowship and is making money and it's a lot of money for him. And, you know, let me tell you. You see, the lean cow years, they will catch up on you like this. You know, today I was reflecting. You know, very few years, I'm going to be 60 years old. Very few years. I'm going to be 60 years old. And I realized that the lean cow years are approaching. By the time you realize, you realize that you can't wake up the way you used to wake up. I'm telling you. You can't rise up and run to catch the train the way you used to. You'll be walking up the stairs and you have to wait. (laughs) And you see the train coming and you can't move and you are going to be late. (sighs) I see it. I see it. People on the subway and the train is coming but you can't go. You can't go. Because you have graduated and you have a job and you are seeing that money doesn't mean that now change your lifestyle. If you can stay the same way as you were, as you have increased, you will see how prosperous you become. It doesn't matter how much you make. It doesn't matter how much you make. It doesn't matter what's your qualification. If you can stay living the same way, Living the same way. I tell you, I'm preaching a good message. The fact that now your figures have changed and there's so much money doesn't mean that now get this car, get this pair of shoes. Now change this, change that. Now get a different type of TV because this does not befit you. This does not fit your standard. What is your standard? What is your standard? Your standard is the wisdom of God, which is frugality. That should be your standard. That should be your standard. Because you can afford it doesn't mean that you have to buy it. Because you can afford it doesn't mean that you have to do your hair by all means. Are you listening to me? Learn to do your own hair. Buy rollers and roll your own hair and save some money. 
Hallelujah. Are you listening? You see, you are a prosperous person sitting down there. The only thing that is lacking, the reason why you are not experiencing it is because you have not learned to be frugal. You have not learned to cut your costs, expenses. If you can do that, some of you, you shop, you go to the grocery store and buy all kinds of things. Your refrigerator has so much, you don't even know what is there. And you don't take stock of what you have. You just go. And because the money is in your hand, you just buy and then bring them again. And then the ones in the back, they stay there. By the time you realize, oh, they have all expired. And then you throw them away. If you can learn not to throw food away, if you can learn that, not to throw food away, make it your policy that there is no wasting in this house. We don't waste food in this house. We are not buying until this is finished. If you can learn to do that, you will see how you prosper. I tell you, you will see how you prosper. Learn. Learn. Earning more doesn't mean spend more. There is nothing that says that this does not fit your standard. There's nothing like that. That you go to BJ's and they, as soon as you enter, they have all these flat screen TVs flashing in your eyes. Flashing. It doesn't matter how percent, how much percentage they have reduced it. You do not need it. And don't buy it. You don't need it. It's still working. Why should you buy another one? I can afford it. I can afford TV that is curved like this. I can afford one that is curved like that. I can afford it. But the one that I have, it still shows CNN. And I still can hear. The one that I have, if I want to see a movie, I still can connect Netflix on it. And I can still see it. It's thick like this. But it's working. When you come to my house, you can laugh at me. But I value the dollar. I value it. I value it. And thank God for the prophet. I am so blessed to be in this church. I tell you, you can prosper in this church. There's so much wisdom in this church. If only you take it. If you will not make it as a routine, I come to church. But if this wisdom that we're with, if you can take it, you prosper. I tell you, you will prosper. You will prosper. Amen. It wasn't a coincidence, but you know how many years? And I learned that wisdom in this house. You can watch me. Watch. I don't care. I don't remember the last time I learned the wisdom from the prophet. I'm telling you. 
you will not prosper. You will not prosper. Kofi, we will not learn to value the crumbs. You will not prosper. Don't be in any competition with anyone. You are not in competition with anyone. You are not in competition. That this one bought this, so I must buy this. I must buy higher. I must buy this, so then I must have that. And I must have that. Otherwise, they will think that I have not prospered. You don't need a prospect. If you are prospered, you know you are prosperous. If you are doing well, you know you are doing well. It tells you that you are prosperous. Are you listening to me? If you take this wisdom, you do very well. Learn to prosper. Put your hands together for the Lord and stand to your feet as you bring the service to a close. Thank you for your, for your goodness. We thank you, Lord. for this church. Thank you Lord for the wisdom that is in this church. Lord you have blessed us so much with such wisdom and knowledge. We are grateful. We are the heart of obedience to obey when we in the name of Jesus. That grace give us that grace not to be hearers only but to be doers of your word. Person who is blessed in Jesus' name. Now with all eyes closed and every head bow, I want to give you an opportunity. If you are here this afternoon, you are not born again and you want to give your life to Christ, I want to pray with you. You are to receive Jesus as and as my master and as my savior if that is your prayer just lift up your hand and I'll pray with you anyone here like that anyone here like that father we are grateful we are thankful in the name of Jesus anyone here like that I want you all to join if you are online you want to join me as we say thank you for dying for me Forgive me of my sins. Please wash me with your blood. I welcome you into my heart. I choose you as my master. I choose you as my Lord. And I choose you as my savior. In the book of life. Thank you Jesus. For saving me today. In Jesus name. We believe you have been blessed with this powerful message. Come worship with us at the Kodesh Family Church located at 1810 Randall Avenue, Bronx, New York at 2 p.m. every Sunday. God bless you.